Hi, welcome to Hold the Light, a show for lifelong learners who are curious about the ways we can deepen our connection to our personal and spiritual growth. I'm Lori Gunning Grossman. I'm here to hold the light for the light holders of the world. Today on the show, I'm talking with Dre Bendewald, founder and facilitator of The Art of Circling. The Art of Circling is a group mindfulness practice that uses ancient ritual in a modern setting through sharing stories, deep listening, and meditation. Dre, who is a certified counsel carrier from the Ojai Foundation in Ways of Counsel, has made it her lifelong mission to share these circles with as many women as possible around the world as a way to bring peace, harmony, and divine balance. So Dre and I came together to talk here on this podcast, and the flow of our conversation got going right out of the gate. I loved it. We talk about the synchronicity of how we met. We discuss guidance, gratitude, and connection. We talk about a book that has deep meaning for both of us, The Freedom Transmissions. And of course, we talk about the art of circling. If you're curious about what a circle is or what happens within a circle, you'll want to hear Dre's wisdom and stories in this conversation. And then I suspect you're going to want to try one. Also, at the top of this conversation, you'll hear us talk a bit about one of our shared teachers, Carissa Schumacher. As Dre says, when women gather, shift happens. So let's gather right now with the lovely Dre Bendewald. Thank you for coming on. Hey, and thanks for stealing like the best uh, podcast title out there, Hold the Light. <laughs> I'm telling you, I read the Freedom Transmissions and th- those three words came up and I was like, Ooh. immediately I was like, I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to make something around this. It just was like, ah. You just gave me chills. Oh, I'm going to talk to Carissa next week here on this podcast. Oh, now I want to know what's hap- what's coming up. Like, spill the beans. <laughs> spill the beans. Well, actually, it's not so much of what's coming up. It's maybe it's more of what people are wanting. One thing she mentioned that comes up a lot for people is how they can, in their daily practice, channel. Channel the vertical. Channel spirit. And what are some ways that people can do this on a daily practice? And then also community. And it's actually something... When we get into this, I mean, your whole thing is about community. So I want to talk a little bit about this as well. Yeah. I love that our teachers, like the real good ones, like the ones that are that we're drawn to, Carissa's, that they're the ones saying, no, you can do this too, that you can channel the vertical, that it's not we're moving out of this. Somebody else knows more than me and has to do it for me into, no, we can all channel. Oh, not as prolifically as Carissa, perhaps. Yeah. And we're channeling all the time. We're listening to our intuition all the time. Yes. We have something that's saying, go left or go right all the time. We just don't call it intuition or channeling, but our guides are talking to us all the time. Yeah. And now we're just getting hip to the fact. And we're getting the evidence from these master teachers like Carissa, yes. who it's undeniable that she is channeling people that have crossed over. Yeshua, all sorts of light beings. Yes. Yeah, it is so true. And I do love hearing this message of trusting that we are connected and we are one. And it's just like mm. just like what you just said, that we too can we too can channel. Okay, so maybe not quite like a Carissa, like you said. And quite frankly, I don't even know if I would want to do that, you know? And I love the idea of knowing. I'm not alone. You know, we are one and there is this connection. 
And it's so mm. beautiful because the taking away a feeling of like separation, separateness, and knowing that we are connected, mm-hmm. even when we're sitting in a room alone, mm-hmm. you know, it's just so good and it's so beautiful. And we have so much evidence of it. Look at paintings from the masters. They're, they were seeing spirits and angels and gods and goddesses all the time. I think we, evolution, just took us away from it. We became so separate, and now we're coming back around, experiencing oneness even when we're alone. Mm. Through music, how many times have I felt alone, and I listen to a song, and I start weeping, and I... Why? Because it's connecting me to humanity, Mm. connecting me to heart, soul. I know other people love this song, connecting me to the artists. Mm. So we haven't completely lost touch, almost, but now we're coming back. Now we're going, oh, we can all do this together. Yes. I love that you brought up music, Dre, because I, I immediately got chills when you said that. I have a very strong connection to music, and I write about gratitude. Sometimes I just call it abundance in my journal. It's one thing that I've been doing right every day, writing 20 things, observing the abundance in my life. And when I yes. say, right? And so for me, the abundance is actually, it's just what you said. It's listening to harmonies in a song. Mm. Oh, oh yes. right? And it's yes. it's looking at my window, after I've meditated and just seeing like a flock of birds flying by. I mean, mm. this is the abundance that's available to us. It's And spirit, mm. like evidence of the universe unfolding in perfect order when things feel like utter chaos, despair, you know, like you can't go on. And then a practice guides you back to gratitude, abundance, what is, and sometimes it's A flock of birds. It's a flock of birds. It's a soft dog next to us on the couch, or it's like the sound Mm. of the fountain outside. I mean, it's so so simple and so abundant. You know what else will blow my mind? I'll go on a walk. Yeah. And I live in, you know, I live in urban Los Angeles, so I am in the city. Yeah. And I can also escape to the mountains and the desert and the beach. So there is nature. So I have it both. I have like urban nature is I will be taken back by a building Mm. and I'll be like, how did somebody build that? I mean, I know how they built it, but like, how did somebody think of all the things that have to come together for that building? And then I think of the plumbing and the electricity and that blows my mind. Yeah. Like the opposite of nature, you know, that blows my mind. All the brilliant minds that had to come together to build a building like a skyscraper. Yeah. Or a bridge. Yes. Yeah. That that was my walk the other day. You know, Jonathan, audio producer Jonathan. Yes. Oh, I know Jonathan. <laughs> we were talking about this, something similar about how it's so fascinating when we just look around at us in the 3D and we see things that somebody, I'm holding up a pair of glasses, like somebody thought about this. It's mm-hmm. like what you're saying with the building and then they made it. And it's like the same with the painters that you just said, that they had this vision and then they made it. It's so it's so beautiful. I was walking on my walk recently and I had this thought where I was I was talking like to Yeshua and I was like, I think I said something like, you know, I just would love to see a miracle today. And then mm-hmm. immediately I looked to my right and I saw a beautiful tree. And then the voice was, There's your miracle. And I was like, Well, of course yeah. <laughs> of course. 
course. Oh, I have chills. <laughs> I have chills. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yes. A tree is a miracle. A tree is a miracle. What's the story about a, a um, student went to Buddha and and kind of kept challenging him? I'm remembering the story yeah. horribly, okay. but I'll get to the moral of the story. Yeah. And kept challenging him because he didn't believe that Buddha was enlightened. And finally, the last thing Buddha did was gave him a flower mm. and said, here, this is this is my my last teaching. And the student meditated on the flower and came back and said, now I understand. Oh, okay. Now I have <laughs> Now I understand. Right. It's like when so in good. doubt, stare at a flower and try to try to make sense of that. Try. Mm. That's a miracle, a flower, a tree, a a baby, yeah. a yep. skyscraper, yeah. a piece of music, yes. a piece of art. Yeah. yeah. There's evidence all around us. And then you and I are like these ferocious seekers mm. where we're like more. Yes. Like spirit junkies, like more evidence, more evidence, more evidence. I know. It's so true. And life becomes like this playground for miracles. Like if we tried to count all the miracles, mm. just for you and I to be having this conversation, they're endless. Mm. We, we couldn't do it. We couldn't do it. So true. So speaking of miracles, you know, um, you and I met, it was a miracle, but we met on a spiritual retreat with mm -hmm. our dear Carissa Schumacher, um, who we started talking about at the top of this, Psychic Medium, um, she birthed the book into the world, The Freedom Transmissions, which has been, had a huge impact on many mm. of us. Many of us. Many of us. And, you know, it's interesting, Dre. I don't know how you felt about this, but at first I was a little hesitant about sharing about this. You too? Mm. Yeah. Uh, yes. Well, let's cut to the chase. Yeah. She is channeling Yeshua. Yes. And that we know, because we're modern women in 2023, mm -hmm. that that would be a divisive topic for a lot of people. Right. And so, you know, a lot of spirituality, a lot of the women's movement, the divine feminine movement is challenging because it's threatening the patriarchy and the structures that people are very committed to keeping in place. Mm. So this would be, you would, this would fall under that category as very threatening to some people. That's right. That's absolutely Wouldn't right. Wouldn't you, like, so you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't talk about it. Mm. And then you read the book and you're like, oh, yeah, she's channeling love. She's channeling light. She's channeling uh, peace, information, mm. peace. She's channeling peace in a way that us humans in 2023 can understand it through the lens of Yeshua. I, that's how I look at it. I look at it yes. as she's channeling a lot mm. and it's coming through the avatar, as she says, of Yeshua. That's right. That's right. It's a really good explanation of it. And what I also have begun telling people, you know, it's not based in religion. It's based in, it's what you said too, like, you know, it's peace, it's love, it's balance, you know, it's the four chambers of the heart, simplicity mm. and stability, surrender, stillness. It's really just about living a good life. Yeah. You know, one that's authentic and balanced and connected and and there's love going on. And it enables us also to look at our 
own imbalances、mm. and how that's not serving us, and then how we can perhaps move through it. That is and, exactly how I felt. That yeah, it, just reading it, and I read it very slowly the first time.、Mm. I've read it twice now. Yes, and I still am. It's it's a it's not it's not that it's dense. It's that it's so thoughtful、mm-hmm. that it takes a while to really embody the teachings.、Mm-hmm. But I it it revealed to me my imbalances, and I、mm-hmm. look. You and I are on this path. We're working hard at figuring it out. And I was、yeah. like, I was like, oh my god, I didn't even、yes. realize that imbalance. And so, I've experienced a profound shift after reading the book the first time.、Mm-hmm. And I, I share about it whenever I talk about the book. Yeah, I experienced peace for the first time in my life. Oh my gosh. Like inner, like inner peace, like yes, total presence.、Mm. And I, I experience presence when I meditate, and that has been a、right. part of my、uh, practice. Circling、yeah. is a big part of my practice.、Mm. But here I was reading the book, and I just felt inner peace. Yeah, I was like, "What's going on?" Yes, and it was a hundred percent. And it was, it felt like. I don't know what would we call it—a a deepening, an awakening,、mm-hmm. a something. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and she says it. He says it. She says it in the beginning of the book. Yeah, that you will experience. Yes, a shift. And I didn't remember that until I read it the second time, and I was like, "She was right." <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And I've even noticed that going. I've been on two of her retreats now, and since then. I'm just like wow, the shifts, and it's not about like, it's not about, you know, material things or I'm manifesting this. It's like what you said. It's just this, this peace, this peace shift that is like, it's just so juicy and、mm-hmm. wonderful. So we, you and I met on this retreat, and what I loved is that you, you were a participant, but you were also. A leader in some of the moments, shall we say, over the course of a few days, in leading us,、mm. and、um, I remember witnessing you and just thinking to myself, because you and I had not met before, but just being like really、uh, um, attracted to like your groundedness、mm. and your presence and your your generosity and your. Your light-filled being—that's why I was like, I really want to talk to Dre on、mm. hold the light, and. So, so you are there, and you are in this world. But you've also created your own world with the art of circling, which is one of the things, of course, I want to talk to you about because this is a a big part of one of your ways of being generous in the world is、mm. offering the art of circling.、Um, and I've been to a circle, and I will go to more. And I think that they are so wonderful and fascinating. And I know that you've spoken about this before, but I would love for anyone who's new to listen to us right now, just talk a little bit about like how you came to your first circle, and then how that changed the trajectory of your spiritual life. Yes, thank you for asking about circling because it's the thing I love to talk about the most.、Mm. And my friends kind of got sick of it, and so now I have new friends like you who want me to talk about it. So yes, I、yeah. love, love, love talking about circling.、Mm. But first, I want to go back to the synchronicity about you and I meeting. Okay, do you remember that? Where tell me, I was 
leading a, you had wanted to come to a circle. Yes. And oh. I, uh, over the summer, came up with a new format called a book mm. circle so that I could do a book circle around Elise Lunin's book and Brooke Baldwin's book and Laura Lynn Jackson's book, Signs. Yes. And you, we had not met yet at the retreat. That's right. But right. you wanted to you wanted to come to a circle. You had been thinking about it. And yes. then you either started reading the book, you had gotten the book, you had asked for a sign, and then on Instagram, yeah. I was offering a book circle on signs. Yes. So this is what it was really quickly. I saw a rainbow in real life on September eleventh. And it was the most beautiful rainbow that I had ever yes. seen. Ugh. And then I went on Instagram and there was this rainbow. In New York City. Mm-hmm. And in one of the photos that just kept getting served up to me, it was the rainbow with the book, someone was holding up the book, Signs. By Laura Lynn and Jackson. I, by Laura Lynn Jackson. And I saw it and I just said, I will get that book. You know, it just was like, I'm getting that book and I'm reading it. So I went on and, and bought the book and it hadn't come yet. And then I was on my next walk and and circling came up in my mind. And because I probably have seen you on Instagram. Like I've, I've known about the, your, your, the art of circling. And I thought to myself, I want to know about a circle and like how that, that goes. I'm interested in taking um, or being involved in a circle. And so I went to your website and I said to myself, I want to do one in October. And lo and behold, I pop on and there you are offering a, a book circle around Laurel and Jackson's signs. And I, mean, I was like, come on. Of course I'm come of on. course I'm doing that. I know. And it just it just was like the signs, it was another thing of signs and synchronicities. It was like, keep your eyes open. Right. It's all here for us. You are being guided in this direction. Right. And there's yeah. you being open to the mm. vertical, channeling the right. vertical that was just fe- like guiding you where you yes. needed to go. And then we Got to meet, which we didn't even know. We got to meet at this retreat. That's right. Face to face. Yes. Face to face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yes. So So. let's see. So I moved to Los Angeles from New York City back in 1994. And I landed with a couple of friends that I'd gone to high school with in Laurel Canyon. So they were all living up in Laurel Canyon and that's where there was like an extra room. And so that's where I landed. And actors, writers, producers, directors, musicians, it was a magical landscape mm. of creativity, mm-hmm. as Laurel Canyon is known for. And a group of women just started doing this thing called a goddess circle and dragged me to one of them. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, I was a hardcore New Yorker. I'd been born and raised in New York. I had a tough exterior. Mm. I had survived some 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 rough experiences. And just living in New York, you know, you have like a shield of armor. Mm. And, you know, if I had to give the uh, the visual, it was I was in a leather jacket and dark lipstick and chain smoking. All right. Yep. (laughs) And my friends bring me to this goddess circle. And, you know, inside I was just a a, a ball of emotions and tenderness and scared and feeling alone, even though I had friends, Mm -hmm. but really separate in my mind from everybody. 
And I sat in a circle and it, and it felt huge at the time. Like looking back, maybe it was 15, 18 tops, 20 women. But in my mind, it was like 30 women. And we were outside Laurel Canyon, this bluff overlooking the city. And these women were like, they weren't like pros at this. They were like, they, it was, it was just coming up in the, in the atmosphere. And, but I was certainly the newest one to the, to the circle. And we use a talking piece where you pass a talking stick around and everybody shares and you don't interrupt and you don't cross talk. It's really just a time to share and also be heard and be witnessed. Well, this was terrifying to me, 24, and af like afraid of being seen, even though ironically, I was and am an actress. And I have been on stage many times and I had studied acting, but it had nothing to do with that art form. This had to be with, this had to do with being seen as Andrea. So the talking piece comes to me, my heart's pounding, my palms are sweating. I'm like having an out-of-body experience, like this is the worst idea. Whose idea was this? And the talking piece comes to me and I end up sharing something that I had no idea. Like I didn't understand the voice that was coming through me. I was saying things I didn't realize I needed to say. I cried. I laughed. People laughed. People cried. Oh, it was all women. I'll say women laughed, women cried. And then I passed the talking stick and the next woman shared. And I sat there and I was like, what just happened? What was that voice? Who was that? What was that? I want more of it. I want more because I was okay in being what I think was my authentic self, I want to mm -hmm. say. I just yeah. recently read this beautiful poem that maybe I'll, I'll pull up and, and read in a little bit. It's called When We Listen. And it and I was being witnessed for the first time. Think about it. Let's say it was 20 women. Yeah. 20 women facing me. And all they're doing is holding space, holding the light space for me mm -hmm. to share whatever it needed whatever needed to come through and i mm. think i'm using a hand gesture from you know yes. the top of my head i think that was drawing down the vertical oh my god yeah i think that's what was happening it was mm. i was connecting to a a truer part of myself that i had never experienced before and the power of being witnessed of space being held for me by 20 other women was the greatest medicine of all time. Hmm. And yeah. the other thing, and, and now of course I talk about this a lot, so I'm applying what I've learned to my own story and I'm aware of it. The other cool thing that happened, nobody fixed it. Nobody told me it's okay, you're okay, it's amazing, you'll be fine. Nobody took care of me, which gave me an opportunity to take care of myself. Yeah. to hold myself and to it go, oh, I'm okay. Oh, I cried and the world didn't split in two, meaning so many of us are afraid of our big emotions and I'm going to fall apart if I cry and people are going to reject me. And I was like, I cried. Mm -hmm. I'm still here. They're still here. Now they're moving on. Oh shit. Now she has a story and she has a story and she has a story. And then this will 
This is the final part of this story. And then I got to hear from all these women who I had already placed above me. Mm -hmm. They were older. They were smarter. They were more successful. They were prettier. They knew more than me. I didn't even know. Half of them I didn't know. But I immediately put them above me. And the art of circling puts us all on an equal playing field. Nobody above, nobody below, nobody in front, nobody behind. Yeah. And I got to experience that oneness, that connection, and it started to heal that inner separation that I was suffering from. And let's call that what it is, depression. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I felt elated after this circle. And nobody had told me what to do about my life. Nobody had made any promises to me, like, now I'm going to be your best friend. No, Like, nobody had done anything targeted to me as an individual. It was all this process and this practice and this beautiful experience of connection. And I was like, well, everybody should be doing this. Well, can we do this next week? Yeah. Can we do it? And the the joke, and it's and it's not a joke, is that I never stopped doing it from that point on. Oh my god. And I'm gosh. 53 years old, and that was right when I moved to LA when I was 24. Amazing. Amazing. And prior to that, you had not had like a say a robust spiritual life. Like that was was that part of your tract or no? So Hindsight is everything. Yeah. I sat in a teepee in a, in a naming ceremony in Montana. My father was born and raised in Montana, and we had friends of the family that uh, had property that was right next to a reservation. And so when I was 10, I sat mm. in a naming ceremony, naming, yeah, naming ceremony. And I remember being riveted. Yeah. I remember feeling at home. I didn't, I didn't know what was happening. I knew it was a naming ceremony. I didn't understand the language, but I understand or I understood the ceremony and the ritual. Mm. Mm. So that was in my DNA. That was in my body. Right. And I also, my parents are both Lutheran and they were raised Lutheran, but they did not raise us with any really religious doctrine, but, and I mm -hmm. loved going to church in the summer. I uh -huh. loved it. Yeah. I loved ritual. I loved oh. ceremony. Mm. I loved connecting to a higher power. I loved singing with people. I didn't really necessarily agree with everything that was being preached, but I could see past that because I loved all the ceremony. Yeah. I still, I still will go to church every once in a while uh, just just for that familiar familiar yeah. feeling of have of being a child and connecting but it wasn't it I wasn't a follower mm -hmm. I just loved the experience yeah but it wasn't and and I have one friend her name's Sherry Sidoti uh oh. she's a great incredible smart wise beautiful yoga teacher she just wrote a memoir called a smoke and a song shout out to Sherry <laughs> Sherry and I went to junior high school together and she has reflected to me recently. She's like, girl, you've been doing this since junior high school. I'm like, what are you talking Whoa. about? And she'd be like, you would, you would get us together, 
halfway through the year, at the end of the year, and you'd have a sit down and you would talk about how we could be better friends to one another. She oh, was wow. like, so you were circling us and you were telling us to break it down. I don't really have a memory of that, but she does. So, okay, I'll take it. Yeah. That, that I was, I was, I was always curious about humanity and how we treat each other and why we treat each other poorly and how we could treat each other better. Now I understand through all these years of circling that a lot of it is, is self-awareness. Like the more we're aware mm -hmm. of ourselves, the more peaceful, the more yeah. powerful, the more connected we can be. But it wasn't until that Laurel Canyon first circle that I that it all all those pieces came together. Right. And I was like, this is it. This is it, guys. We found it. We found it. I found the cure. Found the cure to every problem yeah. in humanity. And I really believed that, Lori, for a long time. Yeah. I literally which which means that's what I was supposed to be doing is I believed. Yeah. That if we all sat in circles with guidance, with with guidelines, with intention, mm. that we could solve everything. Oh my gosh. I love this. I love your story about it. And here's the question that I have about it. So you started when you were 24 and you've never you've never stopped and you started leading your own circles. How does one know how to guide a circle? Did you did you study it? Is it intuitive? Yes, both. Okay. So before the internet, right? I so mm -hmm. I would go to the Bodhi Tree, the uh, the iconic bookstore in mm -hmm. L.A. It's no longer here. Yeah, but it was a spiritual bookstore, and you could find everything there. From I mean, any any kind of any kind of spirituality and and even religion, but like tarot cards and crystals and you name it. Yeah. And they offered workshops and other things back in the day. Um, and I went to the Bodhi Tree and I looked up books on ritual and I looked up mm -hmm. goddess ceremony and I looked up, you know, I read a lot of Starhawk and I read um, Casting a Circle and whatever books I could find, I just, I, I studied them and then I intuitively tried out different things and then I was listening to what was coming through. And the more mm. I circled, the more I trusted that inner voice, that intuition. And so now I trust it wholeheartedly, but I practiced it for a long mm. time. And then I sat in other circles and then I studied. I A friend of mine was telling me one day, oh, and I got a teepee and I put it up in my backyard and I was leading circles all the time. That was the other thing I did. Amazing. And I was just doing this as a hobby. You know, I was doing yeah. it as like something to do on a Friday. Everybody yeah. else was, you know, out partying. And I was like, let's do a circle. Lori's launching a podcast and we should circle <laughs> around her. Don't you think? It was oh like, yeah, God. sure. I mean, yeah. you name it. Like, yeah. you name it. There was a birthday, a bridal shower. Somebody was moving. Somebody was dying. Like, I was, let's circle about it. Because I wanted, I, I wanted more of the real information. I mean, I could talk about that but let me go back to my yeah. this one other point i'm trying to make and that is yeah. somebody said oh yeah this kind of reminds me what my kids do at their school it's called council i was like what they do this mm -hmm. in schools what mm -hmm. they're like yeah it's the same thing they have a talking piece and i had two small children and i intuitively knew that i wanted to do this at their schools at their school singular I wanted to do this at their school, but I also knew that I was a little too out there. I was a, this was too 
goddessy or this was too new agey or this was too much. And I was like, wait, a school's doing this? What is the program? And they said, it's called Way of Counsel. So I looked it up and it was at the Ojai Foundation at the time. And Crossroads had nurtured and developed this program. And so I went there and I did their training so that I could bring Way of Counsel to my kids' charter school. And so good. Council is circle and circle is council. But right. this had, and this is what I love about what I do, is that it's a format that anybody can participate in. Mm. Doesn't mm-hmm. exclude anybody, it includes everybody. And that's yeah. what Way of Council gave me. Oh, I can do this program at my kids' school. So I did. Yeah. And I led council at my kids' school for many years, uh, probably 10 years. And that was my volunteerism. And I would go in once a week. And I would bounce around to different classrooms, elementary school. Mm-hmm. And we would sit in a circle and we would pass a talking piece. And we would, and the kids loved it. They loved it. It was their favorite part of the day for some of them. Because it wasn't about school. It wasn't about... Mm, them having to do anything but be themselves and share their stories. And it was beautiful. It was one of my favorite chapters of my story, which is going into schools and leading counsel. I love that you brought this to kids. And I think about this a lot. Like, man, if we just brought things like that, or maybe even a style of meditation into schools, maybe mindfulness or moments of stillness, Think of like that ripple effect. Wouldn't that be so incredible if more schools were open to that and and more for our our kids? I have teenagers um, right now, and um, you know, I just see how this type of work, having a spiritual connection, is is so important. Maybe more important now than ever. I don't know. Just with all of the things that already our kids have gone through, you know, in their 18, 15, 14 years, whatever it is. Um, what a beautiful thing. That's the good yeah. news, Lori, is that yeah. mindfulness is yeah. a word that everybody knows now. Mm-hmm. Yoga mm-hmm. is a word. You might not do yoga, but everybody knows right. the word. Remember 30 years ago, everybody was like, what's yoga? Right. What's yeah. meditation? <laughs> what's yes. mindfulness? Mm-hmm. And there are so many practices now, so many apps, so many um, ways to access the information. Yeah. I mean, yes. Look at us here. We can connect via Zoom and we can, right. you know, and the Carissas of the world have books out now. And yeah. so it, I feel like it's becoming more and more accessible. I used to cringe when somebody would say, so what do you do? You, What's the art of circling? And I'd be like, well, mm. it's kind of hard to explain. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now yeah, it's, yeah. Not, now yeah. it's not. It <laughs> used to be. But now I just say, I say it's an interactive talking meditation. Interactive talking meditation, yes. So I hold space for you, Lori, when you're sharing. I'm not just listening, I'm actively listening. And when I'm actively listening, I'm holding space. I'm helping to co-create a container that helps to draw down that vertical that we were talking about. Mm, We're co-creating a portal for the divine 
to speak through each and every one of us. Like that's mm-hmm. the spiritual practice. That's what right. we're really doing. And <laughs> right. then if I don't need to go that far with it, I just be like, oh, we're sitting in a circle. We're sharing our truth. We're sharing our stories. And we're developing and learning empathy through doing that. Beautiful. I mean, it yes. was fascinating to do it with kids because kids are by nature open. Mm-hmm. Right. Adults are the ones that are closed. Yeah. And it's so funny. We go, yeah, it'd be really great if kids did this. Kids actually do it naturally. We're yeah. the ones. Every time a mom's like, oh my God, every kid should be doing this. I'm like, yeah, every adult should be doing it too. Because you- <laughs> It's true. Because yeah, like, okay, women come to one of my circles and I always speak to this uh, like right at the top that it's very daunting to share. And our ego will say, don't share. This is not safe. The, the ego's not safe. Don't don't share. Don't expose yourself. You're going to be kicked out of the group. Mm. And I always say to moms or women, like, think about how kids feel. Like, we want them to do the same. We should be able to do it, too. We want our kids to talk about their feelings. We should be really good about talking about our feelings, holding mm. our own feelings, being able to cry when we're sad, being able to express when we're frustrated. Right. We expect kids to do it all the time. Why are you crying? Why do you feel that way? Why are you upset? Why, why, Mm -hmm. why? Mm -hmm. And they're like, I don't know, because I'm a feeling human person and I have emotions. So us adults would really benefit from this practice. It'll help us in all of our affairs. It'll help us with all of our relationships. It'll help us with our children, with our parents, with our coworkers, with our spouses. Yeah. What do you say to people, though, who are afraid to join a circle? Do you hear I, that from yeah. people? I, well, mm-hmm. it's not for everyone. Mm. It, it's There are other things out there that might feel better. I say try it yeah. once. I also say, if you're interested, mm-hmm. try, come to a circle, and here's the, here's the guideline that is the game changer. That is the mm. that is the key to admission. Is you don't have to share if you don't want to. Mm. Yes, I you bet just some come, people like to hear that. Yeah, yeah everybody relaxes. Oh, great! I'm not on the spot. <laughs> and I also yeah. some people go, I'm not. A, I'm not a good public speaker. And I go, well, let's let's reframe that. Rather than public speaking, let's just call it open sharing. And you right. have the choice to share or not. No one's saying you have to share the story about the time when. No, it's free will. Mm. You share what you want to share. You share what comes through. And this is the fun part of where I sit having led thousands of circles. It's usually the one that is the most resistant is the one that has the most cathartic experience. Mm, I bet. I believe that. Yes. Or this is the other fun uh, vantage point that I have. Let's say, yeah. Let's say, Lori, you want to do a birthday circle and you ask me to come lead it for you. Yeah. Or, right. bri- you oh. know, something. And I go, great. I'd <laughs> love to. And you send me your guest list and I reach out to everybody and I tell them what to expect. And then you circle back to me and you go, oh, listen, by the way, my sister-in-law is from New York, let's say. Yeah. She's not, this is not her thing. This is not her speed. And like, just don't, don't feel bad if she's a little resistant. And I go, 
Thank you for letting me know. I love your sister-in-law already. Just let, let me have her. Yeah. Because I was the sister-in-law. Right. I was the tough New Yorker who judged everything and everyone and it was guarded. So I know exactly how to welcome her exactly where she is. She does not have to change. Mm. She can sit in the circle on a chair with her legs crossed and a martini and a cigarette if she wants. <laughs> I don't care. Perfect. Come as you are. And it's in that radical acceptance that I believe the circle is capable of and what we co-create together, that sister-in-law is the one who will drop the most wisdom into the center of the circle. And when I tell you it happens 10 out of 10 times, it happens 10 out of 10 times. Yeah. So what is being co-created in these circles when people, is it always women that you work with or is it? No. Okay. So, yeah. I, when, I, yeah. I'm primarily drawn mm -hmm. to work with women mm -hmm. to heal the part of the feminine psyche that is mm -hmm. still, you know, we've come a long way and we've still got a lot of balancing to do or integrating yeah. to do. And so it's where I continue to heal. But I do lead circles with men, not currently, mm -hmm. but I've, I did it for a long time. And it's just different. It's yeah. just, it's yeah. just different. Mm -hmm. It's not positive, negative. It's just different. But the healing part, yeah, uh, because I think women have been culturally separated to our detriment and we've been sold a bill of goods that we keep perpetuating. And that is, I'm supposed to do it all on my own. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to raise kids on my own. I'm also supposed to have a career. I'm supposed to be educated. I'm supposed to be hot. I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be able to cook. I'm supposed to be able to keep a house. Like, like I'm supposed to be able to do all this on my own. And what, of course, we're learning is like, no, we're supposed to be doing it together and helping and supporting. And so that's where I'm interested in in remedying this 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 split. So the yes. splits in within and without. Ah, so the so what we're co-creating together is we're 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 sharing the truth. So my truth is going to help somebody else heal because I'm coming out of or you're coming out of, if you and I are sitting in a circle and I'm talking about motherhood for real, mm -hmm. the beauty, the layers, the challenges, the fears, well, is that going to be healing for a young woman who's thinking about becoming a mother who is now hearing from an older woman, like really what it's about Yes, that's healing to me. That was healing mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. When I was getting ready to get married, I wanted to hear from women who had gone before me. What was this transition that my culture wasn't really helping me with that was about going from being a maiden to a mother or single to being married? Yeah. And there were all these like weird rituals of like, let's go do shots and go to a strip club and 
buy the dress and and overspend and compete and like weird shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I kind of want all that, but I actually want more guidance and and mentorship. Where's that? I found yeah. that in the women's circles. Love and, that. Uh, and I yeah. wanted to provide that. A, I wanted more of it because uh, I'm always learning. So I wanted mm-hmm. to keep learning. Like right now, I've got a 17-year-old and a 14-year-old. I've never had a 17 and a 14-year-old before. Mm-hmm. It's my first time yeah. having a 17-year-old applying to colleges. Who do I want to hear from? My sisters right. who's, who have gone through this. And it's not just like calling them up on the phone, tell me what to do. I'm also talking about the emotional and the soul's journey of how I am changing and their needs are changing. And I'm get, I get so much gold when I sit in a women's circle because women are sharing what's true for them. And I get to extract intuitively what I need and take it with me out of the circle. Mm. Yes. So it's the opposite of hierarchy. So no one's going, you know what you should do? You need to do this to get your kid ready for college. Right. No, I'm sitting, I'm listening, I'm learning, I'm extracting, and I'm applying to myself what's going to work for me. And that's, that's empowerment. Mm. That I'm getting it for myself rather than being told what to do. It's so beautiful. These containers that are created in these circles and the way you're describing it, too. It's so beautiful. And anybody can hold a circle, by the way. I love doing mm. it and I'm a freak about mm-hmm. it. And I and I yeah. my intuition and how I lead is now a honed. A practice that I love and I have deep right. respect for. Like I really yeah. respect the ceremony, but yeah. anybody can hold a circle. You get a group, I don't care, you get a group together, you sit in a circle, you pass a talking piece, one person speaks at a time, no mm-hmm. crosstalk, deep sharing, have a beginning, you know, ring a bell, light a candle at the beginning, mm-hmm. do a meditation, mm-hmm. connect a spirit if that's your language, yeah. and then close it. That's a circle. Oh. And watch what comes through. Because what'll come through, and I and I would love to give one example of, of what came through a second grade class circle. Because yeah. what comes through the circle is inherently more wise than any one person in the circle. So it's mm. what will come through the circle is for the circle. So there's magic in circling there's power in circling there's something else happening in a circle that's beyond mm-hmm. the facilitator or each individual right so what'll happen is you and i could be in a women's circle and we're going to get together and we're going to talk about you know writing a book and that's what we're going to share we're going to share all of our da 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 Well, the talking piece goes around and halfway through the circle, we're talking about hormones and, you know, what our experience has been. And that's what we need to be talking about. I'm making it like silly, but when I really understood this principle of circling was in a second grade class where 
I was like, okay, if you could be, you know, any, any kind of food, what would you be? And, you know, we go around and they're like a Sunday. And then the next prompt was something about your favorite, what's your favorite animal, right? Second graders. And by the time the, the second prompt went around, somehow it had changed to gun violence. Oh. Somebody, what's your favorite animal? I'm, I'm making this up, but this is the essence of what came through the circle. Right. Somebody talked about how an animal had died and it was because there was a shooting on their street. And when that kid shared that truth, it allowed another kid to share their truth, which allowed another kid to share their truth. So then what was happening was children were carrying either real experiences or the fear of what was happening in schools. This was probably around Sandy Hook mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. The kids needed to talk about it. It was in their little bodies and they needed to spill it out. I didn't start the circle by going, okay, let's talk about gun violence. Right. No, right. that's yeah. the beauty of the circle. What needs to come through, it, it will, the circle will take care of itself. And I looked at the second grade teacher and I checked in with her like, are you okay with this? Because let's, let's let them keep going. Mm. So the talking piece went around again, and then more kids had more, and all they were sharing about was their experience or their fear. And then the teacher and I got to then talk about, and who do you talk to, or what makes you feel comfortable, or how, whatever we did, we intuited what, what, what would then help them, right. and, then, and then we closed the circle. And it was beautiful, because we never would have thought to have brought that up and the circle oh. al allowed it to happen. And that happens in, in every circle. So one of the things I love about facilitating is I read the circle. Yeah. I read what's coming through and there's always a theme. Hmm. It always hmm. emerges. It's never, I could say like, Hey, let's talk about, you know, the art of giving and receiving. It's a circle I'm leading currently right now, the month of December. And we'll end up talking about boundaries. Mm, yeah. It's like its own organic, they have their own organic life, it seems like. Yeah, their own personality, their own yeah. life, their own flight. Yeah. And to circle back to what we started this conversation with, mm -hmm. it's because we're, we're working together as one. We're weaving together. We're listening to one another actively and spirits involved mm, yes indeed yeah we've got ancestors <laughs> angels guides all working through us in concert could you imagine and we've like opened up the circle like hey everybody we'd love for you yeah. to join us and they're yeah. like yeah yeah so they're yeah. you know whispering in our ear share that story about the time and i end up sharing a story about when i was you know 10 years old and sitting in a teepee and and then somebody else is like, oh my God, that's, I needed to hear that story. Yeah. And I don't know why I'm telling that story. It's so good. It's so good. Our teams of light joining in on the, on the action, on the fun. Mm -hmm. Dre, I mm. love what you're putting out there. I love that you are keeping this beautiful 
tradition going for people to find these spaces. When we at the very beginning we were starting, you know, we we're talking about community as as you were just saying too, like as coming together as one. You know, the power of community coming together, feeling like we're not alone. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I can see and have experienced why you're such a wonderful leader in this space too. And so I so appreciate that about you as a light holder to many. Um, I have one more question for you. So in addition, in your own life, as a person who's walking a spiritual path, in addition to circling, Mm -hmm. what is, let's just say, what is one practice that you do that you recommend to people who are trying to create some practices in their life to feel connected, to feel like they're, you know, they're pulling in the vertical. What are what's like one practice you would recommend to someone to try? You mentioned it at the top, which is gratitude. I think it's mm. the highest form of prayer and presence. And you know, Oprah's been doing it for years, <laughs> and I've yeah. known about it for years. But really doing it is a different animal. Right. The, and exactly what you said, like your guidance is spot on. Starting your morning with gratitude. And this is just you and yourself. It has nothing to do with anybody else. What am I grateful for? And I also do it at night. I, I do it just a checklist of, God, I'm so grateful for today. I got a lot done or I didn't do a lot done or I'm grateful for that life lesson or everything is for me. Everything is medicine. Yep, glad it, glad that happened. And it it works to equalize and balance your system and regulate your system. Yes. So I I love that one. And then the other one is is doing acts of service. Mm. That's the other one mm. that if you're ever in a funk, if you're ever like poor me, if you're ever there's always something you could do for somebody else. Yeah. As a spiritual practice, as a yeah, as a way to get out of your own head and to get out of your ego, uh, make sure, yeah, th- those those two are the ones that are at the forefront of my mind right now. Like, yeah, I love them. I love those ideas. Yeah, it's something we can all do. We really, really, really can. Real simple. You're such a delight, and oh. I'm so happy to speak with you here. I've so grateful you came on. Speaking of gratitude, I'm so grateful you came on. Mm. I love seeing you as a light holder in this world and appreciate what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And everyone also can join the Art of Circling because you hold them online. I do. So wherever you are in the world, you can join a circle. Yes, you can. Thank you so much for having me. I love this podcast so much and and what you're, you're bringing us all together and connecting us. And as women, I've, I'm learning that we are getting so much better at it and we have to keep going, holding each other up, sharing the good news, celebrating each other, sharing the podcast. If you like this podcast, share it, subscribe, right send it to all your female <laughs> friends Like, and be aggressive about supporting the women in your life because that's that's something we are now really getting hip to. Yes. That is that is necessary for us all to be to, for us all to just be um you know lighter, happier, more productive beings um in in wherever we are in our lives. 
I love it. I heard someone say a quote once, you can't compete with me because I want you to win, too. Oh. We're not oh, in competition. Yes. Yeah, I want you to win, yes, too. I want There's you no to competition. Win. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Dre. You're welcome. Thank you. Absolutely. To learn more about Dre, including The Art of Circling, her upcoming retreats and workshops, visit her at theartofcircling.com. You can also find her on Instagram at Andrea Bendewald. Her last name is spelled B-E-N-D-E-W-A-L-D. Join one of her circles and try it out for yourself. Dre offers them virtually, so no matter where you live, you're welcome. Thank you for listening to Hold the Light. For more information about this episode and the topics discussed, visit our show notes or find more at holdthelightcollective.com or on Instagram at holdthelightcollective. This podcast is produced by me, Lori Gunning Grossman. Jonathan Grossman is our co-producer and all-around sound guru. He also wrote the original music. This podcast is recorded and mixed at Night Shift Audio in Los Angeles, California. Finally, if you like the show, please rate, review, and share it with a friend. Let's share the light with each other.